So one of the things that can really keep us from pursuing masculinity and discipleship fully is hurt, bitterness, genuine hurt, a lack of forgiveness in our hearts or an obsession with the past. We saw in our last episode that we need to let go of stuff. We need to deny self. We can either choose Christ or we can choose self, but we can't choose both. And hurt isn't the thing that often makes us obsess on self. When I was a kid and I was five, I got saved, um, truly saved. I mean, I, I really loved the Lord and gave myself to him fully. But unfortunately, my father got involved in a very legalistic church situation in which um, everything was evil, um, cards, alcohol, rock and roll movies, um, you name it. If it was, if it was at all fun, it was a sin. And, um, really I say I got filled with the Holy spirit when I got saved at five, but it, it took the church about 10 years to beat him out of me. And I remember speaking of beatings when I was 12, um, I got caught up with some other boys and something that I wasn't doing anything, but they really weren't sure who was guilty. So they, they beat me so bad that my dad actually um, threatened to turn him in for felony child abuse. It was that bad of a beating with black and blue from my thighs to the my lower back. But that wasn't the worst of it. Um, we moved to our neighborhood when I was 10 um, of older boys. And I had, you know, crew cut in the early 70s, you know. Uh, so I basically, you know, no movies, no rock and roll, short hair whenever he had long hair I basically had to buy a giant sign on my forehead that said please beat me up and they obliged and so you know I learned how to fight at an early age well actually I learned how to lose at an early age uh, and I remember um, finally trying to fight back once and one could beat me up so badly that when I came home and my mom saw my face she just started to uh, cry and um, you know does that does that form who you are yeah I mean is it I have a love of justice I have a real problem with oppressors and those who exploit people and certainly you can make a police officer those things all help to form who I am but you can't let hurt dictate who you are you can't let hurt become your identity and be a man those two things are not simpatico I remember um, going out to lunch there was a, a guy I don't know he's by 80 years old and he used to come watch me speak all the time and so he asked you know take me out to lunch and we went to lunch and so he went on and on about how he was divorced remarried his kids were all screwed up and it was all his father's fault and none of it was his fault and then he talked about his dad coming home from world war ii and his dad had ptsd and was just a really bad father and on and on he went blaming everything in his life on his dad later on in the conversation he said um something about his dad being a really godly man. And I said, wait, wait a minute. I thought you said your dad, this, oh, that he became a Christian. Oh, well, when, when did he become a Christian? When I was six. Well, when did he come home from World War II? When I was five. So you're saying that everything in your life, your marriage, your kids, all that is all because of your dad when between the ages of five and six for one year. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So this man allowed his entire life to be based on whatever lie that was that the devil told him. We have to walk away from our past and die to self in the current and in the, the day. The important thing to remember about the church, as we said in the last episode, you can't look up to somebody else for your template for Christianity. Jesus Christ is the only person that we look to for how to be because it is in our human nature to control. And for men, Often that ends up being a dominating, controlling effort. And one of the greatest ways to do that is religion. 
And Christianity is really two things. There is the true Christianity of Christ following people, and there is the institution of the Christian religion. And the institution of the Christian religion isn't always bad, but a lot of it's bad. I was raised most of my life in the bad form of the Christian religion. It is a way for people who don't have much talent in any other way to control others through their rules, their man-made symbols, and putting hierarchies in place. It's very unhealthy with that we see in many churches, pastors become this elevated name, pastor so-and-so, pastor so-and-so. You see a lot of pride based around that. When in fact, pastor means, it does mean shepherd. It should be a lowly position of how can I serve people, not an elevated position. So we see that it's the story of history, not only in scripture, but just all of history. I mean, look at Alexander the Great, Attila the Hun, Genghis Khan, how many conquerors have come, murdered, slaughtered people, uh, Adolf Hitler and Mao, slaughtered people in the name of increasing their own power, controlling others. Well, in, in, within the Christian religion, we see the same thing within any religion, controlling others, making up rules so that we can elevate self over others and make a hierarchy over others. This is really the nexus of where so much of our inequality comes from, our misogyny, racism, things where we say, well, I'm going to elevate myself by pushing down this other group of people. Christianity says, I will elevate myself by serving other people and the Lord Jesus Christ will then pull me up. But, but I don't do that. There are two unique things about Christianity that show us that it is the truth. Firstly, Christianity is the only religion that calls for people to die for their religion, not kill for their religion. I mean, you have a lot of talk of about Buddhists and Hindus talking about um, pacifism and whatnot, but even those religions have within them, I mean, Hindus, if you aren't familiar with religions, there's a lot of violence that comes from Hinduism, which is, seems surprising to us. Christianity is the only religion that says we die for our religion, we don't kill for our religion. We bring about change by serving others, not by dominating others. Christianity is also unique. The other thing is that it is the only religion that says that you can't earn your way to heaven. Every religion, no matter how what it is, no matter how major it is, there's always something you do, some process of making yourself good enough. Christianity is the only religion, as Oz, my friend Oz Guinness says, Christianity is the only religion whose God bears the scars of evil. Christianity is the only religion whose God bears the scars of evil. How amazing is that? We understand that Christianity, the very foundation of it is, I am unworthy, made worthy by the Lord God. And we've talked about that with our identity. We don't stay unworthy. We understand that we have nothing to do with our salvation except for the sin that nailed our Savior to the cross, as Jonathan Edwards said. But we do understand that once we've become saved, God has now made us sons and daughters of the Most High God. So we must get away from the idea the natural inclination to want to control others, elevate self. This is the, the crux of masculinity is taking accountability for who we are. My past does not make me who I am today. It may have had some influence on where I came from or what I became, but who I choose to be today is my responsibility and my accountability and nobody else's. And when our wives and our kids and our community and our churches see us taking that kind of accountability, it creates a similar accountability structure in other people. Right now, our culture is suffering desperately for men who will not be accountable for who they are. I had a pastor take me out to uh, lunch once who wanted to raise money because of from my foundation here. And um, he told me that he wanted to raise $60 million for his church. And I said, $60 million for what? Well, we have to expand the church. I said, well, is your church full? 
well, no, it's it's only half full for two services. And I said, well, well, you have to plan. You have to you have to get bigger. You have to. I said, why? Why do you have to get bigger? Well, what do you mean? That's that's the, the I got to make my church bigger. And um, as we kind of unfolded the conversation, he got really uncomfortable because it was all about making my church bigger, my kingdom bigger. And I said, why not help other people grow their churches if you're your richest capacity? And I finally said to him, you know, if instead of raising $60 million, why don't you raise $600,000 and go out and buy a fleet of vans and go pick up the homeless and bring the homeless to your church and set up a facility there for them to take showers and then feed them a meal afterwards. And then after they're cleaned up and you people donate food, you can bring them back. And now your church will be a lot bigger filled with homeless people. And his face turned to a mask of anger. And basically he was done with the conversation. I never talked to him again. That need to control, to be bigger, to be judged by the world, how the world judges things, is a thing that every man of God has got to walk away from. We have got to have an audience of one. Hurt, insecurity, um, feeling like we're not quite up to the task is the thing that makes us seek after the approval of men. We've got to seek only the approval of the Lord Jesus Christ. If you've been hurt by the church like I've been hurt by the church or you've been hurt by other people, You've got to give that up. You've got to forgive that person. Ask God forgiveness for anything that you've had in your heart towards them. He will repay them. Vengeance is his, he says. He is in charge and he's going to make sure that everything's fair in the end. The worst thing you can do is to allow yourself to stew in that hurt. It is demasculating for who you are and it is going to demasculate your kids because you're not going to be able to be the father to them that you want to be. All of us have experienced hurt. Be the man that rises above that hurt and treats everyone as an equal, everyone equally loved in God's eyes, everyone with a plan that God has laid down at the foundation of time for them to accomplish, everyone specifically gifted to do that, and everyone somehow inhibited by Satan to carry out the task they've been given. You and I are here in a brotherhood to help to get through all that noise and to help each person become who they are in Christ. This is the church each of us carrying each other's burdens, praying for each other, encouraging each other. The world needs strong men. The church needs strong men that will stand up and say, not through power, not through might, not through my great ability, but by being a servant to all, I can lead people as a man. Thanks. Okay, so we just finished the first half of this study and we've been playing defense. It's sort of weird to start with defense, but really I think because of our culture, the way it is today, we needed to talk about why don't we act like men before we start to talk about how do we act like men? So what we've learned is what's the point of all this? Well, because men, masculinity is reflected in the male side of God's nature. God's nature is all of humanity. Mankind reflects God's image. Women in femininity reflect his image and men in masculinity reflect his image. If we're not in, in proper masculinity as men, we're not properly doing our part to reflect the image of God. And God has said, I will be known by my masculine attributes. I will be father, I will be son. You will think of me as he, this is how you're supposed to perceive me. That puts a very special emphasis on masculinity because especially for us fathers, how we perceive our dad has something to do with how we perceive God. If we see our dad as angry and mean, we tend to see God that way. If we see our dad as sort of absent, we see God that way. If we see our dad as undisciplined, um, everything goes, then we tend to see God that way. And there's been more of that perception of God lately. And so how we reflect 
our masculinity can have a great effect on how all of culture sees God and who he is. There's a huge responsibility on us as men to properly reflect that. Why don't we? Because of the fall. So we saw at the fall, pride was at the heart. Mankind chose knowledge over life. Eve, when she bit the fruit, condemned herself. Adam condemned all of mankind. And how, what was there, the point of that? Well, Adam was there when Eve did. Adam passively sat by, watched his wife commit sin and did nothing. He was passive. He was unaccountable. And then after the sin happened and God says, hey, Adam, you know, what's going on? And Adam says, well, that woman that you made did it. So God, it's your fault and her fault. And I'm just a victim. So we can see that unaccountability, blame and passivity were at the very foundation of the fall. And that's what affects us as men. If you are passive, if you're unaccountable, and if you want to blame others, those are unmasculine traits. Those are specific sins that affect manhood and who we are as men. Then we saw there is a devil, a Satan, that is there to lie to you all the time. Each one of us has had trouble in our life. We've had trauma, we'd have problems, and the devil and his minions have been there to see what those are and then to try to put a pry bar in there and crank those loose and, and work on those as much as he can. We must be aware of his schemes, Paul says. We must be aware of the things that the devil wants to do. And part of that is to move us from masculinity. Being moved away from masculinity could mean either being effeminate, unmasculine, or it could be being overly macho, as our culture would say, toxic, domineering. Neither one of those are masculinity. We, we, we're going to get more and more into what being a man is, but we can see that there's a devil that's constantly trying to push us. He didn't care which way we go. He doesn't care if you're the most effeminate, passive person in the world or the most abusive, dominating person in the world. As long as you're not reflecting the image of God, he's happy because you're out of the game. And then we saw that hurt can really have a lot to do with pulling us away from the game. If you've been betrayed, I should say when you've been betrayed, bitterness can arise. We tend to obsess on the past in bitterness and anger or resentment or regret or in the future on worry, anxiety. We'll find God in the present. God is the here or the now. When, it, when Moses said, who are you, God? He said, I am. That's it. My name is I am. Not I always was and I always will be, though those are true. But you need to know me in the present. That's where we find God. And so now that we've completed all that first part of it, now let's go and dive deeply into, in our next half of the series, how do I become a man? What are the attributes of a man and what do I need to have them? So looking forward to seeing it in the next episode.